0: You're listening to the Farbringin with Rabbi Levi Avdzan on 101.9 High FM. You ever feel those jitters in your stomach before you take off? And the jitters in your stomach before you land? Whenever I get on a plane, obviously I don't fly often enough, I feel very nervous early in that day. This is Robbie Levy-Aftson, associate driver at Linksfield Show, here on 101.9 Chai fm Sold to Sold, the bring in Show every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon, and we're back. The holidays are over. And we're back here on 101.9 Chai fm Our SMS line is 34519. Email on air at com. Tweet at FM. And WhatsApp at 62 1482374. We'd love to hear from you. How was your holiday? How was your Chag? How was your Simchat Torah? And what did you connect to? What did you engage? How were you transformed? So talking about flights. Yesterday I escorted a sibling who came to visit me to the airport and we were chatting about how I guess infrequent flyers that we are. The day that you fly, you get these jitters in your stomach. And the problem is when the flight only takes off at night, it kind of ruins the whole day. I always say, if you're flying, just make it a morning flight, because at least then you could just get on the plane and, like, the waste of the day is over. Not that sitting on a plane isn't much of a waste of a day, but at least you actually got on the plane. But when you're flying at 8, 9 at night, the whole day is somewhat affected. I'm not going to go into the psychology of it, not that I understand it much, but something about travel and planes and going to the other side of the planets still gives us jitters. We don't get the same thing when we go on the train, the subway, or any other mode of transport. Something about planes, even if it's a small distance, still gives us a certain feeling. You could say it's fear. You could say It's excitement. But that's where we were the past month. This past month, the Jewish calendar took us on a very, very big flight. <sighs> Make South Africa to New York or South Africa to LA feel like a joke. It was a flight that took us from a month of reflection into a month of mixture of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Simchastara. Oh, wow. Wow. And as somebody whose job it is to be in a shul and, you know, give sermons throughout the month, you literally feel the journey as you're forced to change tone halfway through the month from intensity to lightness, from seriousness to joy, packed evenings, packed mornings, e- event after event, after event, after event, after event, after event. Whew. I'm still detoxing here on the radio. That was a real deep breath. The plane took off. We had the jitters in our stomach before we took off. Rosh Hashanah, the moment you mentioned Rosh Hashanah to people, even if it was a month before, I, I, I remember getting up in Shul and saying, eight weeks left to Rosh Hashanah, and you just see the look on people's faces, four weeks left to Rosh Hashanah. And then you you go on the plane, and you go on the ride, and the ride is fascinating. Sometimes you feel like you're in first class and you're going on a smooth ride. Sometimes you feel like you're in the back of an economy next to the bathrooms and uh, it's a bit uh, bumpy. <laughs> and um through it all, you're flying. Then it comes time to land. And just before Simchat Torah, just before the end of the month, you get this jitter in your stomach that sits there saying, landing. Ugh, yeah, right. DJ, that's what you do. You hold onto your seat, and uh, s- sometimes the pilot is a smooth pilot, and sometimes, oh gosh, I remember recently I was on this plane, and the uh, I don't know what was going on. I could blame it on the weather, on the pilot, but by the time we landed, our heart was out of our throat, and I. Uh, our- Gosh, our gut was like puking and like we finally land and even the landing is not so smooth. One, one wheel lands before the other. I don't know what. <sighs> then you skid on the, on the, on the runaway and you're convinced that you're going to be taking off again and you're going to be smashing into thing. And finally the front wheels come down. <sighs> and you slowly come to a stop. And here we are. This is 101.9 High fm My name is Rabbi Levi-Avtson, Associate Rabbi Elisabeth Scholl, here on Soul to Soul. You're listening to the Farbrengan with Rabbi Levi-Avtson on 101.9 High fm 101.9 CHI-FM. My name is Rabbi Levi-Avtson, and here we are, just three days after the end of the most intense months on the Jewish calendar. We're it's still in the month, to be fair. Um, but holiday time is over. It's the first time we're going to have a full week of work, <laughs> In a while. And a lot to be grateful for. It's been quite a ride. I'm, I hope you enjoyed your ride. But now the jitters are the stomach of time to land. And sometimes landing is harder than taking off. Sometimes the end of a journey is harder than beginning of the journey. Think about it. Preparing for a wedding, for example, is very stressful. You have so much to take care of, the hall, the photographer, the food, the clothing, the this, the that. And although it's stressful, there's a certain excitement to it. This can be a wedding. But what happens once the wedding's over? It's 12 o'clock at night, the last guest left, and all that's left in the room is just the immediate family and the bride and groom. And now it's over. It's over. Or whether you celebrate Sheva Brachot, you celebrate a week after the wedding, every night you go to a party and then the week is over. And it's just over. Hundreds of thousands of rands later, lots of stress later, lots of screaming later, right? It's over. And now what? And now they have to make house. And now they have to make a life for themselves. And now the family goes away and all the visitors go back to wherever they came from and you have to return to normal living. And sometimes you just feel like you cannot return or you don't want to return or you just feel like returning to normal life is is fake. Shouldn't we always be feeling that intensity that we felt when we were on the dance floor or when we stood under the chuppah, when we stood under the marriage canopy and we just stood in the awe of fresh love and connection and passion. Never happens that way, right? I think one of the reasons that people in the entertainment industry often end up, you know, drugging themselves up or doing other crazy things is because they live with too much highs. Night after night, they're standing in front of 10,000 fans or 50,000 fans telling them how amazing they are. And then, before they even get time to return to normal life, they're, they're in the next country on the Torah, the next country on the Torah. And highs, if you look at the calendar and you see, you know, how God placed the highs, they're rare and few far between. Happen every few months. The only month that we have a one after another is this past month. And even that's a total of three weeks. And then now we go into the new month, the month of Cheshvan, which was going to start the Saturday, the Shabbat, and Nada. Empty month, and the next month we'll have Chanukah, which is a lighter holiday, and that's only the end of uh, towards the end of the month. We're going to have two months of no holidays in the Jewish calendar. Then you get Chanukah, which is a light holiday, and then you have again a few months. Then you have a one-day Purim. You have a uh, two Bishvat. You know, so two Bishvat's a, a very light holiday. Purims a bit intense, but it's fun. And then you have a month later Pesach. So you have almost six months between the intensity of of Rosh Hashanah, and Kippur, Sukkot, Pesach. And then you have another six months between Pesach, back to Rosh Hashanah. You have a few days in between, but nothing as intense. Why? Because where does life happen? Does life happen in the high? Or does life happen in the low? Where's real life? Some of us are addicted to those highs. Earlier I was watching this documentary about the opiate crisis in the United States. It's one of the the most terrible things going on today. You know, we think of ISIS and we think of other things going on in our world. One of the biggest tragedies in the West, specifically in the United States, is people overdosing on opiates. Over the counter not even over the counter, prescription drugs. Have you been following it? Crazy stuff. And then like, I don't know, they had this whole um, documentary this week about how they managed to get the whole United States Congress and Senate without any any nays. Everybody agreed to this new law without them realizing that the law was written by people inside the prescription drug industry. And it kind of makes it even harder to manage that industry and and easier to bring the drugs dr- directly to the people who are consuming them. A very terrible story. And literally hundreds of thousands of people have died in the past few years from... This addiction, and addiction is one of the hardest things. It's 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 a sickness. It's painful. It's destructive. Whatever addiction it is—drug addiction, alcohol addiction, internet addiction, etc., etc. There's so many addictions. But at the core, an addiction is this look for a high. Right? We're looking for something. And each and every one of us, whether we're an addict or not, we're somewhat, uh, you know, we could use the word addict or we could use the word attracted, but we often find ourselves going to that high, whether it's binge-watching on a television, whether it's doing something that's against our better judgment, whether it's getting ourselves plastered or or stoned, whatever it is, we find that a big portion of humanity, although, thank God, many of us are not addicts, we nevertheless are running to those highs. (sighs) Highs feel awesome. They do. They feel awesome. And obviously a spiritual high that happens during the holidays is nothing compared to a high that's based on an addiction or on a human frailty. Granted. But highs have one thing in common, and that is we don't want to be in the grind of real life. Whether we want to dance in a bar on the weekend till four in the morning, whether we want to get ourselves drunk, whether we, whatever it is, we're trying to get away from the grind of life. You know, we'll watch a movie or a TV just to be able to distract our mind from life. Because often life becomes very heavy. All too often. And life And heaviness just feels unnatural, right? Whether we're convinced that life is supposed to be smooth and sweet and happily ever after and roses and lilies. And then we're confronted by the hardships of life and we just run to an escape, all of us in our own little way. And there's nothing wrong, obviously, you know, having a weekend and relaxing, having a Shabbos and going away from from life. But what happens when we find ourselves running away from life too often? We're not going to work because we're afraid of what will be confronted at work, or we're not going to our relationship. We're not connecting into our relationship because we're afraid of what's going to happen if we're vulnerable in the relationship, or we're just running to escape into these highs. We avoid life itself because life itself is the grind. And God, in his great kindness, gave us those opportunities to have spiritual highs, which are obviously incomparable to physical highs, but they have one thing in common, and that is it's not real life. And now it's over. And now the purpose, the mission, the mandate is get back to life. And I would say, for some of us, or if not all of us, it's harder to live life than to fly above it. It's harder to walk on the ground than to be on a plane 30,000 feet high, because life is where life happens. This is 101.9 High FM here on Soul to Soul. You're listening to the Farbrengan with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, my name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul here on Soul to Soul. And... DJ, you told me I'm a bit heavy, so let's lighten up a bit. Uh. <laughs> holidays are over. Let's talk simple English, okay? Holidays are over. We love holidays. I grew up in a different culture, um, where most of the people I know, we didn't go on holidays that often, but God bless me, and I, I moved to a great country called South Africa, and the holidays over here is a... It's a culture, it's a religion, it's awesome. But like anything in life, the magic word, which everybody knows, but we none of us know how to find, is balance. Right, that incredible word, balance. Now, n- not that I know the balance, so I'm not even going to try, but here's a few thoughts. Life wasn't created just a holiday. Holiday is a blessing of life. But life itself is living life. So we have Shabbos, right? We just re- learned in the last week's parasha, the, the beginning of the Torah, we rolled back five books all the way to the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And on day one, he created light. And on day two, he separated the heavens and the earth. And on day three, he created vegetation. And day four, the sun and moon. And day five, Fish of the sea and birds and day six in the beginning of the day he created animals that walk the earth and towards the end of the day he created humanity and on the seventh day he rested. So how many days did God work and how many days did he rest? Six days he worked and seven day, seventh day he rested, which tells you that the proportion of work to rest should be six out of seven. Work six days, rest the seventh. So that means proportion of work to rest is six you work and seventh you rest. So in your own day, if you find yourself resting more than you're working, then you got the balance wrong. Okay? Now, here's a few things that no matter what, we're all going to need our sleep, and many of us, uh, according to Maimonides... He recommends between six and eight hours sleep. Yes, I know the people who tell me that they sleep only two hours. God bless them. I'm not one of them. Right? We need our sleep. And I I know already from the beginning of the day, based on how much sleep I had the night before, what my day is going to look like. If I had a good night's sleep, then I'll behave myself. Otherwise, never mind. So we all need our sleep. So we have 16 hours left. Then you have to take care of your body and you have to take care of food and you have to shower and you have to God knows what else. Another few hours. So we don't really, we, we maybe get let's say half our day with opportunity of really being productive. But then we have a wonderful invention called TV and phones and gambling, and Sun City, and God knows what else, and long extended weekends, right? Because it's not enough to 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 have a rest on Shabbat, you need a rest on Sunday. And then because the weekend starts early, you start Friday afternoon. So already two and a half days of the week are knocked off. Hmm. And plus all that time of sleep and this and this and that. Basically, the amount, the productivity versus time given is not even great and when you go to countries like France which I don't know they have two, uh, two, two day work weeks I don't know what they have over there three day work weeks and uh, the, the, the day is even shorter you ask yourself you say what were we born for to relax or to work to work relaxing is a gift but the default is work the world was created in six days And there's a beautiful medrash, a beautiful ancient Jewish tale. It's it's a true story about Avram. At the end of this week's parasha, the end of this week's Torah reading, we're going to read about the birth of Avram. And the story goes like this. We read that God told Abraham, go travel to Israel. Lech Lecha, go go travel to the land that I will show you. Actually, doesn't say Israel. He says, go travel to the land I'll show you. And Avram, Abraham starts traveling west. He grew up in Iraq. And Israel is the west. So he starts traveling in that direction. And the story goes, the first he r- arrives in a place which wasn't Israel yet. there was Aram Naharaim, which is Iraq- the other side of Iraq, where he was born. And he stops there and he sees people chilling. People are relaxing. They say, this person's drinking, this person's eating, and nobody's working. And he turns to God and he says, if only, if only my portion... If only my destiny will not be in this place. God, I don't want to live in this place. And indeed it wasn't. And eventually he arrives in where north Israel is Syria, Sulama Shaltsur. And over there he sees people plowing and sowing and pruning and working with the trees and working with vegetation and digging and building And what does Abraham turn to God? He says, God, if only this is the plan that you had for me, if only this is my destiny, to live amongst people who work for a living. Abraham wasn't even looking then for people who believe. He knew that the world was a pagan world. He was the first monotheist, the first believer. But he says, God, if you're going to give me a life, let it be amongst people who work, not people who sit on the beach the whole day. Why? Because Abraham understood that to build a society, to build civilization, you need to have people who work, a work ethic, who people who get up in the morning and actually do something. And I know some of the people listening to me right now are just saying, Rabbi, what are you thinking? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The world was created to relax. I mean, if if, otherwise, why did God create the bush? And why did he create the beach? He created it to go on holiday there. (laughs) You'll always see, it's interesting, that industrial hubs of of the world are never in beach cities. Beach cities often have an economy, but nothing like cities which don't have an economy. And I know I'm going to offend people, but you know what? So be it. Think about it. it. Melbourne versus Sydney. Joburg versus Cape Town. New York versus Florida. Chicago versus, I don't know, Cuba. Um, Wherever it is, even within countries itself, yes, you need a port in order to have an economy. Joburg is the only large city in the world that doesn't have a port. But beach cities as in a place to chill and everybody just sitting in their bathing suit the whole day, Rarely breeds a fascinating economy. Maybe it brings tourism, but doesn't bring much of an economy. Why? Because economies happen when people work. Think of London. Economies happen when people work. I mean, beach cities are awesome for holidays, but rarely have you found, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, I'm sure it does, rarely have you found a awesome beach city with beautiful beaches that become a global capital and economy. In productivity. Somehow, the world works that these ugly cities are where economy happens. I guess people have no beach to go to in New York or in Joburg. So we have to work, right? Cause what, what are we gonna stare at? The beautiful sky? I mean, yeah, cool, but besides that, you know, even when I, I, I live on a ridge and I get to look back on my ridge, it's not as pretty as going to anything in, as stunning in the Drakensberg or uh, the Cape. Those places are beautiful. But some reason, Joburg is the financial capital. Pretoria is a, is a place of economy. I, I spent time in Plett, and it's awesome. It's not the king of economy. It's just like that. Hard work is where life happens. It's nice to retire into some places, But it's not nice to live there. I one time heard something, and if I'm wrong, I apologize, um, that the city of Hermanus in in South Africa has the highest resell. um, the, the, The houses are resold more than any other place in the country. You know why? Because people retire there to buy a beautiful house in Hermanus. And then very soon after retiring, what happens? They don't live too long because the human being wasn't created to retire. And then the house gets resold again and again and again. In the words of the Talmud, Adam l'amal yulad. A person was created to toil. And I know it from my own life. At the times of my life where I didn't find my calling and I didn't know what to do, and I was bored, it literally destroyed me. That's when often addiction happens and boredom leads to the worst things. Shirmum. Boredom, says Talmud, leads to the worst of sins. It's not healthy for us to be bored. You know that. You know it's not good to be bored. Even if you were gifted with all the money in the world, forget the fact that you have to go to work to make a living. Even if money rained down from heaven, we would all need to go do something with our day because otherwise we would destroy ourselves. The human being needs to work. It's literally part of our DNA. People will say, well, I'm lazy. As if laziness is a condition. I think laziness is just a symptom that we haven't found our calling and that we're bored. Because I I, I recall stages of my life when I was very lazy, and suddenly at stages of my life where I wasn't lazy. Yes, maybe some people are naturally busybodies and others less, but ultimately, if we're finding ourselves lazy, let's stop blaming laziness and ask ourselves, what can I do to, to, to have a meaningful day? So we just came out of an awesome time. But that was holiday time. We all gained 10 kilos sitting in this hookah and just eating and eating and eating. <sighs> that was a lot of food. Honestly, DJ, you have no idea. Three course meals twice a day at least for three days straight. By the time it's over, you're like, <sighs> I honestly couldn't look at food. And then it just starts again and again and again and again and again. And you just, gosh, whoever designed this holiday just loved food and it's awesome but at some stage you have to come back to normal life eat wheat picks in the morning have a small little lunch and eat dinner by at the, at the end of the day and it's fine you'd think based on our culinary decisions over the past week you'd think that we need three course meals two or three times a day meat and chicken and fish and everything heavy and <sighs> but now life happens but some of us love the high so much, right? So we just finished one holiday, and all we're thinking about is, "Ooh, December's on the way." Oh, where are you going? Going to Thailand? Oh, awesome! You're going to, you're going to Cape Town. You're going to, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna sit on the beach. Awesome! Five weeks, nothing less. And then what do you do, right? When you get back? You start planning for the March holidays and the May holidays and July holidays. Oh, and then you get to the, you know, a few public holidays here and there, and you hope there's an election, right? Most of this country wants an election, not because you know they want to change the government, but because we get a holiday, you get an extended weekend because of the election. And holidays are awesome, but within a within a limit. Within a limit, I often find that when they have that holiday on Sunday in this country, you push it off to Monday, and the week only starts on Tuesday. The, the whole week gets botched up. DJ, it's not that funny; it's serious. The holiday culture, when it takes too f- when it's taken too far, is not it's not healthy. We were born to work. Work is not a bad thing. It's almost like people who go to work are like shame. They have to work. They don't have a Rich parent who's sending them 300 grand a month just to go spend and splurge, besides the fact that they pay for the car and the house. Poor people who need to go work. Work is a blessing. We were born to work. We were born to sweat. We were born to toil. We were born to stress. Even the word stress, oh, bad word today. We've had a stressful day. And who said stress is a bad thing? And this fascinating talk that that proves that stressing isn't bad for our health, but worrying, stressing about stress, or worrying about stress is what kills us. Oh, I don't want to be stressed out! I don't want to be stressed! Out. I don't want to be stressed out! That kills you. But stress is normal. What do you think? Everyone is stressed. That's the human condition. You go into this world, you have a few years of fighting over toys, and eventually you have to get into this world and make it. Going into a relationship is automatically stressful. Getting a job is stressful. Dealing with people is stressful. Being a leader is stressful. We're so anti-stress. <gasps> oh, I had a stressful day. I'm not going to go to work for the next two weeks. Oh, honey, you don't have to go to school because shame. You had a stressful day. We'll let you stay home for the next three months. We're so averse to stress and hard work as if it's a curse word. That's life. Working hard is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Being in this world, working on our relationships, going through the grind, day in and day out, routine, is not a bad word. When we think of people with routine, oh, they're square and they're in a box. I wake up one day at 2 in the afternoon, and the next day 2 in the morning, and one day I don't sleep at all. That's not normal. Lots of research has shown that the most productive people on the planet have the most rigid schedules. Because routine and normal living day by day is a gift. So yes, once in a while we have to let go and enjoy the holiday spirit, and we wake up a little later, and we go to sleep a little later, and we eat a little too much. But then the moment it's over, it's routine, and routine is a blessing. Because that's where life happens. You're listening to 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avtzan on 101.9 High FM. Time is money. Is that true? No. Time is life. <laughs> Time is money. Yeah, that's the motto of some of us, and the truth is, it's true. I remember watching a documentary about Hong Kong, which shows the efficiency. Of that con- that country, it's actually unbelievable. It's incredible how literally to save five seconds, they'll spend millions of dollars but in like the places like the shipyard where so many things are coming in, import, export, constantly. Like saving a few seconds makes all the difference. And literally, the, the guys repeats over and over and over and over. Time is, time is money, 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 time is money. And we heard that a lot as we grew up. Time isn't money, time is life. We have a wonderful word, it's actually a terrible word, but we use it often, it's called, let's kill time. Have you ever done that? You never, you never kill time? You come home, you just throw your shoes off and you just stare at the ceiling or watch TV or spend time on Facebook. What are you doing? I'm killing time. Poor, poor time, what did he do? Everyone's trying to kill him. And as much as we like to say we're the busiest generation ever, we're actually the most bored generation ever. We do. We have a lot more time. I mean, you don't have to write letters anymore. You don't have to wash clothes in the lake. You don't have to walk to the outhouse to go to the toilet. You don't have to heat the water forever, unless you have a water outage, which is a standard procedure in my area. Um, Compared to any other time in history, we have a lot of time. We just spend it very funny. We have lots of time. And that's why we instigated a thing which our ancestors would, wouldn't have even imagined. It's called killing time. I mean, what do you think the whole TV industry is, if not a time killer? And lots of what we do on the Internet is killing our time. Now, yes, obviously there's time to detox. Nobody's saying there's not time to shut our brains down and that we had a big full day. You come on for half an hour, you just let your mind sh- shut down, you watch something interesting, you listen to something interesting, I get it. Then there's like an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, eight hours, 12 hours, binge watching. It's a whole new thing. Companies are making lots of money if they get you to just watch and 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 watch. And watch, and watch. I mean, what's automatic, uh, what's it called on YouTube when it automatically goes to the next video and the next video and the next video, and the next video, right? And before long, you're like, hey, what, four in the morning? We kill time without realizing the greatest gift of life is time. Because time is the one thing God gave us and said, fill it with whatever you want. You can fill it with something meaningful or you can destroy it. And we just read last week that God created time. Time is a creation. Which is hard for us to fathom because what does it mean what what was time before time was created? We don't know. But time is a creation, it's a gift of God. God created time and space. And time is God coming and saying, DJ, here's another minute. What are you going to do with it? Here's another minute. What are you going to do with it? And one of the basic faiths that we believe in in monotheism and Judaism is God recreates the world every single second. And physics has shown that the world literally is bubbling into existence every second, which we call creation. So creation didn't only happen years back. It happens now, every second. So God just created you. What are you going to do with that second? Oops, he created you again. Did you waste that second or did you have a productive second? Second time, time's ticking. Time is ticking. You know we hate those grandfather clocks, right? Nobody has them anymore. Tick, 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 tick. You know why they're so awesome? Because seconds pass, and we we acknowledge every second that passes. Tick, tick, tick. Today it's like, Whoa. oh gosh, I've been on Facebook for three hours. Oh, I didn't know. I, but you know what? I have four thousand friends. I have to know what everybody's. going Oh, they went on holiday. Oh, that's. Stunning! Let me go give them 18 comments. We live in a time that we get to choose how to spend our time. My grandfather and grandmother didn't get to choose their time. Believe me, their time was so full just trying to make out a living. Keep their clothes clean. Make sure the house doesn't leak and cave in. F- heating up the firewood. I mean, gosh... We have so much time. DJs are true. We have lots of time. We walk around screaming that we're busy, but compared to when in history are we busy? Those people were busy. I, I, I one time went to do a Pesach Seder. I went to, went to run a Passover uh, Seder in Ukraine. And um, gosh, that was an interesting time. And we went to stayed in a place which didn't have running water this town and literally people go into the center of town into a well and they fill up water and they drag it back home. Imagine you have to do that and there are people in this country unfortunately that have to do that. Um, Have no sanitation, have nothing. That's what our ancestors did and that's what people do today unfortunately. But so many of us who live With sanitation and we live with email and we live with a smartphone and the amount of time we're saving is unbelievable. Are we going to embrace life and say, you know what, life's not only about escaping. Life's about living. We don't have to pick up every WhatsApp that comes to our phone. You don't have to pick up every phone call that comes to you and be distracted from life. There's nothing wrong by just saying no to distraction. Just embracing life. Life. It's okay if for an hour straight you didn't check your phone. You know that, DJ, by the way. Really, it's fine. I'm telling you. I promise you, it's fine. You walk into a meeting, shut your phone. You go spend time at home, shut your phone. You go to David and pray, shut your phone. Leave it in the car. Don't even bring it. But what if we have an Emergency. Well, you know what? You have a big God and he'll make sure there's no emergencies then. Can you imagine living your whole life expecting an emergency? I better have my phone because somebody might mug me. Gosh, that, that, that's one way to stress yourself out of life. What if my wife has a baby? Well, she's not even pregnant. She's not having a baby. Okay, relax. She's not calling you anytime soon. The holidays are over. Life begins. Embrace it. Yes. There's, sorry, if you work at Chai FM for the next four weeks, there's no big holidays. It's that terrible? What a what a month of November it's going to be, huh? Oh, bad, bad, bad. Every week you're going to have to work the whole week. It's fine. It's it's a gift. Thank God we have something what to do. Thank God we wake up to something and we're and we're being part of something meaningful. And let's embrace time embrace the gift that life happens in the mundane in the day to day in the grind of life let's stop escaping it all the time and realize this is it adam la yulad a person was created to work to sweat is not a bad thing to stress is not a bad thing to have something on your mind is not a bad thing we're not supposed to be zombies we're supposed to be alive vibrant engaged And I'm talking to myself more than others, right? Because it's hard to go back into a full week of uh, work and it's hard to enter routine. But it's the blessing of routine. Because the truth is, real growth and real greatness happens when you face the grind day in, day out. Day in, day out. I want to wish you and yours a wonderful week. It's good to be back here on 101.9 FM. May we all be blessed with peace Love, goodness, health, sanity, and time well spent. Thank you, DJ. Thank you, Chai FM. And we'll finish off with a beautiful song by Yaakov Shweki called "Yedid." Here on one hundred one point nine Chai FM.